amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. I am the dreamy George Weedman, and I'm the latest confirmed new Sonic sidekick. We are here to inform <laughs> you with news about video games, because what else are you going to do for the next hour? Anyways, with here I have Jimmy, who's always around and always awesome. Hey guys. We also have Satchel to the bags, Drakes. Hey, what's going on? And in our never-ending quest to stretch out some kind of theme for each episode, this week's theme is a question... Who's watching the Watch Dogs? Watch Dogs came out this week, and so did a lot of stories focusing on the actual Watch Dogs from the media, like the watchdog role of the media. Anyways, a few stories are pitting both the game and the media in a few tricky positions that are going to be fun to talk about. And so the media watchdog who's first on our list might actually be the first media watchdogs that a lot of us got closely introduced to. Um, it is Adam Sessler. Adam Sessler published a uh, short article on Kotaku called um, his his memoir memories of his 16 year career in video games, mm-hmm. in which he uh, kind of started out by by talking about his memories of playing arcade games in a kid. But honestly, the whole reason why why we read this stuff and why it's interesting is to figure out why he left Rev3 Gaming a while ago. And um, reasons cited include stress from his wife's illness, uh, the demanding transition from next-gen consoles to current-gen consoles. Apparently, when um, Sony and Microsoft were rolling those out, they weren't they weren't kindly giving them release dates and embargo dates to help them organize their deadlines. And um, just also like this weird, I I almost want to say reversal of his fans' opinion of him. And I don't know if mm. if yeah. you guys feel that because I haven't. Like I don't know. I've always I've always enjoyed me some some Sessler and thought it was super weird when he left. Yeah, I did as well. Um, I can't really say I'm like an Adam Sessler fan, nor do I keep up with him or any of his exploits. I know a lot of people uh, have a lot of respect for him, even like in a non like like you know people have respect for you know whatever big name person but like a lot of people who who are more serious about games journalism and and you know the whole medium uh take adam sessler very seriously and uh look up to him so like i i know the clout that surrounds him but aside from watching you know x play forever ago when g4 was still a thing and i mean like i mean like a decade ago not just like the last yeah. time g4 was on i mean like yeah a while ago beside from that i i don't really know much about him uh, nor do I follow him very well. So, no. well, okay. Adam Sessler, I think, is one of the first game media personalities that I think a lot of us got closely introduced to because he was on TV, like a cable TV channel. I don't know. I was reading game magazines and following a few of the writers from back in the day before 
Sessler, but Sessler was, since he was on TV, he kind of was able to expose his personality to the viewer in a more visceral way than you get through writing. And Yeah, I could see that. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of enjoy how you say people who respect the medium um, have, have a reverence and look up to him. But the thing is, like, over, I, I want to say the, maybe the past year... Like his his style of review certainly changed a good deal from from his X play days to a place that I think a lot of myself included um, writers are getting trapped into, where they get all thesaurusy and fancy with their words. Like that Bioshock Infinite review is the one that I I don't know. Like it might have caused this very shit storm that <laughs> that gradually added to the pile of stress of working in games media that caused him to resign but i can't i can barely watch that thing without it, I can barely watch it and keep a straight face. I don't know, like, Satchel, you said you were wait, a fan, wait, and I wait, do wait, consider you, myself you, a fan. Wait, can you unpack that? Uh, 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 what, what, I, can, <laughs> I, I'd love to hear the, the, the comical value in, in his review of Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> his review... I greatly. His, Here we go. Oh. No, it's not even that hard to critique it. Like, it's a bunch of thesaurus words. Like, I remember in the end he said that Bioshock Infinite is a game that will be lionized and talk about for a long time. Like, like who, who, lionized? What does lionize mean? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's any, getting a little tense um, in here. Sorry, well, okay. guys. <laughs> I guess I'm just curious to know. I don't know. It feels... It, it feels a little bit weird to. I think. I think. Okay. 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 So, right. I, I think Adam Sessler has fallen under a lot of fire and criticism for his vocabulary. Like I, I hear that <laughs> a lot. You know what I mean? And to be fair, I often find myself when I do watch his content, I often find myself going to dictionary.com or like going oh my and type in define word or whatever to find well, out where he's going not okay um i'm split i have a split opinion on that i don't i mean i, I don't want to make it seem like i do that all the time i don't i mean i'm uh -huh. a functioning human being i went like i went to school i can use context clues i can use the words around the words he's saying to figure out where he's coming from Right, and I'm also willing to understand that there are people there are just other people on this earth that are, like uh, that that arrive at conclusions that you that 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 articulate things different from 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 how I do and to be fair there was always sort of this um I mean maybe I'm blinded from growing up and, and he, from growing up hearing his opinion all the time mm -hmm. um but one thing that I was really excited about when he did make the transition on the internet from broadcasting was I knew that there was I I mean for, for, as far as like cable broadcasting is concerned I knew there would be some kind of bottleneck like I knew there would be certain places he wasn't allowed to go or certain things he wasn't allowed to say or comparisons that he wasn't allowed to draw because it may have went over people's head like there's probably certain films that he couldn't compare games to. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, like, I don't know, like, neo-noir stuff or, like, or, or uh, freaking, uh, like, William Defoe. Like, uh, that, no, not William Defoe. A freaking, uh, uh, he made this awesome com comparison between, uh, I can't remember right now, but regardless, <laughs> like, regardless, there's a lot of things that he couldn't do. And, right. and making that transition onto the internet 
there was a lot of freedom and in a lot of ways he expressed that freedom and not everyone was necessarily interested in that freedom freedom but that's sort of the advantage of having an independent platform where you have that level of creative control and that was the appeal of youtube to me in the first place where there's sort of like this tug of war where at, at, on one end i should have some level of concern like as to whether like what I'm putting out is, is is palatable or not, or people are really like understanding what I'm saying and where I'm going. And on mm -hmm. the other hand, I'm able to reach out to a particular people who may be interested in the same things that I'm interested in, and it might not be the most popular thing. We're straying a little bit away from the topic for me saying that, but I, with with all that said, I guess I'm saying it because <sighs> like I'm I, I I don't know. I mean, I was always taught in journalism school to shy away from from words like anthropomorphism which is something i learned from adam sessler's last of us review and it's not in the grand scheme of things i don't really care like it's not a big deal like a guy making really good reviews that they were still really good reviews like they weren't objectively bad reviews and i don't really think that him using big words should snowball into issues of him losing his faith in and therefore job and personal stake in the entire games media industry itself like i think that uh a lot for a lot of reasons this um chain of events has been kind of kind of silly and depressing because i like adam sessler even even though he uses big words that i don't i don't think are objectively well i guess here's the thing what does 16 years use. of journalism do like like is that like is that tumbling down a rabbit hole or is that maturing? Like, am I really going to approach? Am I really going to approach? That are my are my emotion are my are my journalistic responses to video games or books or movies or whatever? Is the palette going to remain the same over the course of sixteen years? Is that a realistic way to view your career long term? I don't like, think my, so. My, like. Like, my work is naturally going to mature over time. Like, the way that I think about and the way that I approach design has a much greater vocabulary now than it did back then. And sometimes it expresses itself in a very minimalistic way, and sometimes it, it expresses itself in a very intricate way. And I suppose the beauty is being able to choose that gradient that it falls in, but to say that it could only fall in the left side of the gradient that, 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 uh, Someone, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it seems, it seems, I don't know. It seems weird to be offended by something like that. It well, <laughs> like when you're actually speaking of journalism, when you're actually like writing news reports that aren't editorials, that aren't reviews or critiques, like you literally actually do have to strict to a very particular syntax, like the the Associated Press style guide. I have it right in front of me. It is literally a dictionary of um, rules that you have to follow to make sure that you are spelling your words correctly. There are words that they would rather you use in a, as opposed to other words. And, like, stuff regarding obscenity and um, slander and stuff has very particular rules and, and laws sometimes that you have to follow as a journalist. And none of this actually applies to reviews because, like, editorials are a totally... Which is what review content falls under, is a totally, totally different beast. So I don't know if... Um, like that's really a fair comparison to make but i guess i i don't know like whatever he's free he's free to do what he wants to do how he how he feels appropriate to do it but there's just like a point where 
where wordiness starts to starts to get frustrating when it's not an efficient yeah, way to communicate that, that ideas to the viewer. That frustration falls almost exclusively on the listener more than the person who creates it. I don't hmm. know. Well, you still have a responsibility to write things clearly. Like you yeah, have that clearly, quote clearly in the beginning like of your videos. Group. I mean, I mean, if I'm going to put together, if I'm going to put together a speech for people twice my age, I'm going to put together a speech for high school students. It's going to sound drastically different. Right. And the question is, where is that line drawn? That then that. that the, the, I don't know. It, it seems completely up to the creator to decide which age group they want to reach out to, and if another. I, I mean, I, I'll leave it there. <laughs> I mean, I would say it has more to do with what your editor approves, as because then you have like external context, someone who isn't you that can judge your writing and know if it's fit for publication. And and again, like none of it was, or I mean, all of it was, but none of it was anything to really get that offensive over. And and but still, like fans tore him apart for that stuff. There was also this running undercurrent joke of him being a drug addict because he looked he looked tired in one interview in the <laughs> towards the end of an E3 last year which is like hmm. totally understandable and when i actually posted this on my twitter i got like three responses back who all said the same thing that were like oh man looks like adam sessler's cocaine habit has caught up to him and i'm like how frustrating must that be to to have yeah, you I, I had no idea become a joke no, it, it totally was. Like, if you troll around these stupid forums, like, you'll see people people joke about Adam Sessler being on coke all the time because he looked tired in one interview last year. And, oh, my God, it's it's pervasive. It has been a year, and people are still still think it's it's a hilarious inside joke. And I don't... I don't. <laughs> no. I don't. <laughs> um, anyways, moving yeah. on... Uh, as I said earlier, Watch Dogs came out this week. Mm-hmm. Well, came out this week. It was officially released this week, <laughs> but it was unofficially released very earlier. A um, torrent of the game, which showed up on torrent sites, was released that includes a Bitcoin mining app. <laughs> I it's love hilarious. This. Yeah, it is absolutely, it is like the funniest thing that's happened all week, and a lot that's... of funny things have happened all week. For those. Yeah. For those who aren't in the know, I feel like I might need to explain what Bitcoins is because it's a really weird concept. Um, Bitcoin is a virtual currency developed for this weird internet cyberpunk digital age we live in that is designed to convert the value of computers doing work on a math problem into actual hard currency, yeah. which, which, which blows my mind. And it's a weird concept to begin with, but the, you get a a GPU and a computer or some other piece of processing hardware to chip it away at a math equation that converts the labor value of that process into value like capital currency right and um you can do this on remote computers and have the bitcoins transfer over to your own file and i don't know if i'm absolutely butchering the concept right now but i think that might be a fair way to describe how it works no that, so the- that is uh, actually, i actually have a friend who's very into uh the idea of digital currency uh, Bitcoin, Litecoin, all that kind. He he put a mm-hmm. he put a lot of stock in Litecoin, which is a newer, like a newer algorithm of coin. There's, I guess there are a few I, of I, them. I that's there's a, like that's a there's stupid like way to say it, but Doge coin one and yeah. There, there's a lot of like people who know how to make it work. They will like they can just like create their own currency, and whether or not <laughs> it's taken seriously is up to people. But like uh, I know. Nyancat, like the Nyancat creator, officially worked with some people to make Nyancoin, 
and oh that's like a God, real thing that that's... people that some people actually use and uh i don't know bitcoins it's kind of an interesting thing some people my friend actually was in serious talks about investing in a computer with a very good graphics card uh just to do this just to just, like have just it to as a mining Bitcoin. computer yeah of course like obviously the more people found who mine, about it <laughs> yeah well obviously the more people who mine the more the currency exists like the more bitcoins exist the less it is valued but bitcoins are actually very valuable and, right now and that's how inflation happens like it's so weird like it's rooted in very classic concepts of yeah. um of currency and value but it like it, it converts something completely abstract and intangible that is not a physical product into a commodity, which which is blowing my mind. But anyways, so the idea is that <laughs> some guy on the Internet uploaded a version of Watch Dogs, his highly anticipated AAA game, included a hidden um, a hidden Bitcoin mining app on it that will then turn a lot of the computer's processing power while it's running the game into Bitcoin mining, thus generating Bitcoins for this this uploader, if if it really is linked somehow to his computer as well. And right. that's hilarious. It's it's great. It's like... It is life-imitating art. Because, yeah, because it's not... I don't know. It's not like a... It's not a situation where this app is, like, ruining the computer. Like... Obviously, it does use a lot of processing power, but it's more or less an inconvenience. And to the person who downloaded this torrent, they can, like, <laughs> a, a competent computer user could probably pinpoint the problem that, like, wait a minute, after I pirated Watchdogs, my computer suddenly started running very bad. Like, it through a simple process of elimination, I think they would be able to find said problem. But, like, it's very funny that, like, this guy... It's kind of making money off of off of distributing a pirated game without selling it, you know? Right. It's like it's it's like the reversal of DRM. Like the pirates <laughs> are including inconveniences for the pirates to um to protect the value of releases made by the pirates and also to make money while doing it. Yeah, and and it, it like of all the games that this happened to, it happened to Watch Dogs, a game about hacking people and being a dick about it. Like, it's, it's poetic. It is. It is life imitating art. It's a um, profound <laughs> implication of of the representation that media has on our society. Would yeah. this have happened had Watch Dogs not happened? I don't know. Do you? Yeah. Like I wonder if like the person saw. I wonder if the person who like did this saw like Watch Dogs, you know, forever ago when they first announced it and was like, I have an idea and like just waited, <laughs> like waited for this to happen and like put all their all their efforts into like getting Watch Dogs a leak before it like officially came out and everything like. So I hope, does that I hope so. <laughs> does that mean that you could consider him a hacker vigilante? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> with his <laughs> ultimate cell phone. Yeah, the ultimate cell phone, which is the thing to his power. <laughs> the central thing to his power. Yeah, real <laughs> real watchdog reviews have came out about a week after people were actually playing the game, which is yeah. super weird. But um <laughs> didn't uh, actually didn't Conan like Conan release... was the first. He right. Did, yeah, didn't he like I, I don't know, I remember seeing an article, maybe it was like mistitled or something to like gain notoriety, but it was like uh, like Conan also breaks the the like the Watchdogs embargo. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, because it was it was released two days before 
the official Watchdogs embargo where Conan did his <laughs> Clueless Gamer segment on it, and that's uh-huh. like super weird too. Yeah. Why but- is why is the 21st century so weird? Why is why is Conan the bar- Conan <laughs> O'Brien the um <laughs> a a source for exclusive game footage before release? I don't know. Yeah, it's very it's very weird, and especially if they didn't like if he actually like quote-unquote broke the embargo and just kind of like went ahead and did that on his own (laughs) that's kind of like a that's like a really big middle finger to like the the serious not not serious but like the (laughs) the importance of the game medium just to be like yeah you know you guys are big companies at all but you're just video games so i'm gonna go ahead and not listen to my contract at all and just well, like, do this whenever I want. Like a central, a central theme to his humor on these segments is how illegitimate the game reviewing business is to begin with. Like yeah. he always gives them a score of eighty out of Z at the end. And yeah, re- he he did not recommend Watch Dogs. One of the con, well, he did, but one of the cons was that the main character's jacket looks stupid. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> so so the whole thing is like a parody of game review segments because it's a guy who doesn't know anything about video games yeah yeah and anything about reviewing games making a review of video games and the joke is that that's about as about as legit sometimes as actual reviews haha which really isn't but you know that's that's why it's a joke yeah anyway though that that wasn't on our topics i just it just popped up in my head and i wanted to uh talk about it what is on our topics are um that Nvidia has contributed to the development of Watchdogs. Watchdogs is in the news a lot this week because it launched and stupid things happen to games when they launch. And yeah, yeah. One of one of the stupid things is that um oh the Nvidia I don't know if I want to say sponsorship or support of Watchdogs' development has come under fire by a Forbes article. Mm-hmm. Um Forbes published this article pointing to Watchdogs' use of Nvidia GameWorks as mm-hmm. an anti-competitive practice. And what GameWorks is is a um proprietary API made by Nvidia f- to uh help developers optimize games on their platform. And the accusation made by the author of this article and the person he interviewed is that including a tool like that in your game's development process is an anti-competitive practice because it locks out the competitors mm-hmm. from being able to optimize their game at the same time. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And, yeah, I don't know if, if you guys have had much experience with this sort of thing, but whenever you see the the nvidia the way it's meant to be played stamp on a product that kind of means that stamp is there for for some reason that probably had to do with with money and support (laughs) but um also like games have been developed in the past that uh were were specifically built to take advantage of hardware like i remember just cause 2 had um bokeh camera lens depth of field effects that were particularly crazy on nvidia cards you couldn't like tick them up to ultra on on amd cards and like mm-hmm. way back when 10 years ago when half-life 2 was under development right they were favoring amd back then or what well, was ati, ATI back then. yeah right right you um couldn't tick out the max water effects on an nvidia card and i don't know like on one hand, I'm kind of like, yeah, this article is totally correct because it's it's a shitty thing to do and is just there to support devs who don't have a lot of money and you'd think watchdogs wouldn't have that problem. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's this is a much more common practice than the author seems to think. Mm-hmm. Right. And 
Also, a former NVIDIA employee himself has gone out and tweeted that it shouldn't be as devastating as, as this article implies, that uh, everything visible goes to the GPU, everything through the GPU goes to the driver, the fact that AMD doesn't get source code doesn't preclude the ability to analyze and optimize. Um, yeah, that, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's... I'm, oh, sorry. I'm, well, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I mean, like, uh, I don't... Okay, I I, I don't want to get political, and I don't want to get into into like <laughs> legality or anything. But yeah. just from like a, a base, a like view of this from the layman, which is me, like does it? It just seems like kind of basic capitalism, right? I mean, it's not like Nvidia has this on absolutely everything, right? <laughs> and right. Basic capitalism is, Bas- is sometimes <laughs> super anti-competitive. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's, no, that's no, no, why I don't I think, want to get into it because at, I... Maybe, maybe, maybe you kind of resonate with this. Like, when I hear that, my knee-jerk reaction, actually, that clarifies a lot because I've been hearing a lot of people tweeting, like, oh, I'm not getting the best performance. I thought that I would at a Watch Dogs. And then I heard somebody, some people tweet, Download the new NVIDIA... What is it called? I have it right here. The NVIDIA Experience? Uh, what? GeForce Experience? Right, yeah. And they yeah. were like, the performance jumps up like crazy when you do that. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, okay, that seems interesting. What, this sort of confirms might, why. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, like, what that might be talking about there were, were new versions of drivers. And another thing that I hate, I hate how the NVIDIA and AMD both do this, is release a new version of drivers for um, specifically geared to optimize new AAA releases and NVIDIA and AMD both did this with the release of Watch Dogs. I remember back when Rage came out it was almost unplayable for lower performance on AMD cars until AMD themselves and not the game developers made a driver to help optimize it and right. I get yeah okay um, yeah Go, going back just a second to to right. kind of clarify what you were saying, Jimmy, or at least right off of it, you can let me know if you kind of agree with it. When sure, I, sure. When I, when I do hear that people are being locked out, which is like open air quotes because no one's really being locked out of anything ultimately, uh-huh. um, the first thing I think is, well, platform fragmentation or even staggering for that matter is nothing new. I mean... Games are fragmented for consoles, so I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it, in that in that same regard, I don't, I don't, I don't feel offended. I don't feel like people in, are necessarily entitled to everything. In that yeah, regard. I mean, like, it, I guess, okay, like I said, I, I don't want to get into this because I know that I'm not very educated on the subject, so I don't want to be like spouting opinions and people be like, "What the, what the hell is he talking about? He doesn't know what he's talking about." But like, I, I don't know if this is exactly parallel, but like, for example. Uh, Crisis, like very well known game for being like absolutely incredibly pretty intensive. Yeah, pretty, but like intensive on a graphics card. Like you need a really good card to play that game. So like, quote unquote, how it was meant to be played. Right. Like you need like the top of the line to play that game at high settings. Right. Like most PCs can't even handle it at low settings. because And, and it took PCs like a year to catch up to that game. Exactly. Like. Does that mean that that like are the people who own the not great, the not perfect PCs entitled to play to like experience that game regardless? Well, like, okay. It's not that people are complaining about 
not perfect PCs playing right, 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 Watchdogs right. not perfectly. They're complaining yes. that graphics cards between these two manufacturers at the same price level and like performance tier, mm-hmm. one brand is performing worse than the other because optimizations for the game were built through through shady sponsorship means mm-hmm. to prefer one brand of card over the other. Right. And that's that's what the controversy is about. I I, I kind of see it because I, I don't know. I like parody. Like, I think that <laughs> going to PC is is a way to escape a lot of the exclusive hardware troubles that you find in the console space. Yeah. And also because I'm on an AMD card right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, this game has played much better looking games than Watch Dogs, which is a whole other story in and of itself. Yeah. But this, game, this computer has played much better looking games at a much better frame rate than I'm getting out of Watch Dogs right now. I, I have confidence that in like a year or so, these things the disparity between these two brands will get patched out as it tends to do. I guess calling back on Half-Life 2 and Just Cause 2 is a great example. Physics is another thing. Mirror's Edge Mirror's Edge performs awful on AMD if you have that option turned on but performs fine on Nvidia if you do. But yeah, it's that's just like another layer of of trouble Mm -hmm. that people don't like trouble. Yeah, I mean (laughs) Like, like I said, like I said before, I wasn't completely accurate with my analogies because, like, yeah, like I said, I'm not too keen on these kind of subjects. I yeah, kind of like to avoid them, and I'm not like a huge PC, PC gamer, gaming. so right. it doesn't often like affect me as big as it would a person who plays a lot of AAAs and you know is you know more loyal to one brand over the other. Uh, I have an Nvidia, and like, a, like I said, doesn't affect me very much because I don't play like play these bigger AAA games. And, but, and you shouldn't. Yeah. Not until like three <laughs> years after launch. Yeah, before Bunny Hop, I would always wait at least three months after launch to buy a demanding or expansive AAA game. And that's uh-huh. really honestly how you should do it, because they always have problems for the first month or two after launch, because um, the the launch version is always the worst version. They can't yeah, yeah. account for all the different PC configurations out there and make sure the game is is uh has good parity between each and every one yeah of course anyways um speaking of parody oh god uh <laughs> we we are as youtubers are experiencing disparity compared to other gaming media outlets nintendo has begun or wants to begin really a youtube affiliate partnership program mm. <laughs> where <laughs> you you sign up to split your ad revenue with them to some level to get consent to make videos using their gameplay footage. Yeah. Right. Okay, Jimmy, like you've been doing a show called The Dex. Right. For a good long while. Over a year now. And it's been very successful. Yes. How have have you guys managed to deal with um the hardships of making a YouTube show about a Nintendo property. Well, as f- okay. why does Nintendo uh, hate YouTube and how have you dealt with that? I think more so this is aimed. Uh, okay. I, uh, more stuff that I'm not completely 100%. Like <laughs> I know everything about it. So I don't want to speak out of line or speak uh, false information. But as far as I know, I think that the affiliate program affects more heavily Let's Players and right. people who do a continuous uh, long shot of gameplay footage. Whereas mm. with the decks, the only gameplay you see is in the battle strategy section and you see maybe 15, 20 seconds of it 
at the most at a time before it cuts to another shot, which is, you know, the gameplay footage is on the other side, but it's next to a person and it's an edited shot. So it's not like full screen gameplay footage that's easily identifiable, you know, like mm -hmm. I, th I don't exactly know how we've avoided like any conflict. Like we've never had a video that was like flagged by nintendo for whatever reason uh, like i know a lot of uh, video reviewers have like uh, gerard the completionist i know pro jared like a lot of these guys have had their videos flagged for being like you know copyrighted content by nintendo but like since we're not just since, since our videos are not just like here is a 11 minute battle in which i'm just showing you the screen and talking over it like i don't i think that's why we've avoided being affected but uh people who do a lot more full screen game footage i mean like even right. my channel if i did like i'm surprised my kirby air ride video hasn't been uh like hit by this because it's just kirby air ride footage for like 11 minutes yeah yeah well <laughs> if you're playing it then you don't have to worry about content id matching it since it's all automated and since everyone plays games differently right like if it was a movie or something it would be the exact same sequence of images so they are able content id is able to match cutscenes, and i think rockstar is one developer that has an official policy of not uploading cutscenes, but they're fine with gameplay which is which is weird i've been saying a lot of stuff is weird tonight well oh, i mean it is it is weird it is weird it is weird and so you don't have to worry about gameplay, but you do have to worry about music and cutscenes. And for, for the shows that we do, we cut frequently. We don't upload raw gameplay. We don't even upload Let's Plays usually. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. Like, it seems completely bizarre to me that Nintendo still wants a piece of this action. Yeah, I'm... <sighs> Like and and also uh, how they plan to implement it when their channels like ours that already bypass their current their current policies. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Is like this is more a problem with YouTube, I think, than it is with Nintendo because the fact that YouTube kind of provides the ground, like the grounds to be able to do something like this, like okay. In, in journalism, you I mean, you are obviously, you are a journalist, you are a studied journalist. Like, <laughs> kind you of. can, I mean, you, you know what I mean. You can write a review on a thing and include images of the thing, like, let's say, a game, and that's... Screenshots are fair play. Right, but that's like... Sony versus Bleem, 2000. Like, I don't know, it seems kind of crazy to kind of take a video review in a less serious manner to those to those like freedom of speech standards like i don't know like okay there it's because hmm. we're operating in a legal gray area there has not been any court cases deciding the legality of a third party using video game footage for commercial purposes yeah. there have been court cases like i just said sony versus bleem is what sets the precedent for screenshots screenshots uh -huh. are fair game right but um you know when you get into video you suddenly have to worry about more things like games using footage from movies or games using uh licensed audio tracks that i don't necessarily right. think will go through as well so we're kind of weirdly I don't know. I, for one, hope there isn't a court case oh, gosh. trying to decide the legality of this stuff. <laughs> can you but imagine? On the other, can you imagine, the like, Nintendo versus Jontron, the famed and court case? I, I think I know who would win, and that scares me, which is why yeah. I don't want it to happen. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, anyways, the other thing that bugs me is um, 
I, I, you can upload whatever the hell you want to YouTube, like uh-huh. at least for a little while. And how, how does Nintendo themselves plan on working with this? Like the way they've described it in these really, <laughs> they announced it in Japanese on Twitter. Mm. So I made a Google translation that reads, then before, with the exception of the inappropriate, Nintendo Notice YouTube video has been officially licensed images, including the work of Nintendo on YouTube. Sometimes ads get the video you have permission. Like traditional policy, the ad <laughs> revenue will be distributed by Nintendo and Google. So what they want to do is distribute your ad revenue along with Nintendo and Google. They want you to kind of sort of enter into a network partnership with them which I, I I don't even see this plan getting off the ground almost. Yeah, it kind of mm, well, it kind of seems like they're butting into the fact that like we already have networks that already take care of our copyright stuff as yeah. far as we know. Like well, they know. try. Why, why the, I mean, yeah, you know. Why the skepticism? Because it's um not a matter of like it's a matter of technological implication. It's a matter of managing to detect game footage uploaded by one guy that is Nintendo and game footage uploaded by another guy that is not, and implementing a automatic program that can link the Nintendo footage to this program. Like, uh, Content ID has a hard time doing that, and that's the standard. Right. Hmm. So that's, that's, that's why. I don't, I don't know yeah, but, how but... technically feasible it is. Okay. Well, wouldn't, Nintendo wait, wouldn't, announces. Wouldn't, wait, oh, wouldn't, sorry, wouldn't sorry. Nintendo just be using Google's program? I mean, w- Nintendo would essentially be using the technology that Google can provide for them. Well, yeah, and they if that's have, the case, then it's not have... technically feasible because you can upload Nintendo footage and monetize it, assuming that you do, assuming that it's not the full screen, that you don't use cutscenes or music, and that you talk over it the whole time. Yeah, oh. I don't know. It's like you like you said before it's this is kind of another issue where we're in a legal gray area this is essentially like not to romanticize it but this is the wild west of game reviewing right now which right. is so romantic <laughs> i ride off into the sunset every night every night after shoveling cow manure in the comment section and um and milking the ideas in the cow barn but you know what i mean right like yeah 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 it's there's just no precedent there's no there's nothing previously set down that like makes this like oh well of course this is the answer there is no answer and so when stuff like this happens it's like what's what's gonna happen what's going on and like nobody really has a say right the technology is incapable of enforcing the stuff youtube wants to enforce and there are too many of us for them to do it manually and there are very compelling legal arguments for both sides of the debate so so it's very a very a very tricky frontier that we are exploring. Yeah. Anyways, Nintendo right. also announced a GameCube controller adapter for the Wii U. <laughs> and uh this was tied in to an announcement they made about the new Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. They want people to play the new Smash Brothers with the GameCube controller if they want to do that, which sounds awesome. Yeah. Sounds great. They know their market. Cuz the game yeah, the GameCube controller is a really freaking good controller too. I I, I kind of wonder if it'll be played for other games. Like maybe you could load up Wind Waker and play it with a controller, like like you did in two thousand three. I I I really hope that that's the case because I've long said that the GameCube controller is one of my favorite console controllers. It is so good. Like I don't know, I, I have had a, a couple people fight me on it, saying that like oh, well, uh, they're, they're idiots. <laughs> It's well, like, so good. I've had a couple people say that there are some better controllers out there, but like 
I feel like the GameCube controller nailed a lot of things, aside from the triggers, which are really squishy and weirdly shaped. <laughs> aside from that, I think that it was one of my favorite controllers. It feels good, it like sits in your hands well and everything, and I'm excited to see that Nintendo, despite their like financial <laughs> situation, didn't like oh hey here's a new controller for the wii u and it's like the gamecube controller but like black <laughs> well, well we have that like, it's just no one wants it that's probably yeah, why they yeah. use that that's because the gamecube controller is so already. good right yeah, and, like, and it's like a niche product it's not gonna save the company by a long shot and it's like only for super competitive super smash brothers players but yeah. it's a little reassuring to see that they can still stick to a smaller market well, and I, I hope there's wayward I mean, support. At least, <laughs> maybe well, it's uh, it's just a it just looks like a USB hub, but instead of USBs, it's the GameCube controller ports. So I'm sure yeah. the Wavebird will will be able to work with it. Apparently, USB someone asked and they, had, they, had, they like said no comment. I don't even really? know why they're like <laughs> like hiding this information. It's not a controversial it's like, topic. I know it's not <laughs> controversial enough for them to say no comment. But in in, uh, in the <laughs> apparently they're quoted saying wired controllers, but they didn't say that. There won't be wave bird support. Uh, yeah, very weird. Well, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> in any case, like it's also just such a unique situation to see a, a like, like obviously Nintendo is the one who goes back and re-releases games more than any other first party. But like, right. it's weird to see them going back two generations, generations. of console yeah. to mm-hmm. bring back like, like it's like they just kind of like sat down in a room one day and they're like. Ah, Okay, let's just get this over with. Everyone still has a GameCube and everyone still plays it. Let's just let's just appease them. But the like, thing like, is still if, if the controller to compete on is the GameCube controller, why was that designer not pulled on to design the pro controller that they made yeah. for the Wii U in the first place? Yeah. I don't the understand. The GameCube controller, it, it had so many good ideas. <laughs> like every button felt different. Why did they abandon that concept? Yeah. Like you can even see that going back as far as the SNES controller. Like I, I don't remember, I might be getting it mixed up, but A B have a convex finish to them xy have a concave finish to them you know where your thumbs are without looking at it's it's freaking brilliant yes yes it is they were so good at making controllers ergonomic ones too yeah Yeah, it just yeah like (sighs) i I don't know there's the wii controllers built really well but i see a lot less of those really cool little subtle nintendo tricks to design that that you'd get from hardware like the gamecube controller the snes controller yeah, I actually I, I look to my right and there's a Wii Pro controller sitting right here. Yeah. But uh it's just uh, it's just actually not very good. I've never never really used one before, but it literally is what it is is a SNES controller that has the prongs of a GameCube controller coming out of it, but none of the like like you said, none of the like unique button finishes or anything. All the buttons feel the same. Because it looks the like same all place. the other it's controllers weird. out yeah, there. It's very weird. And- Okay, so the Wii U controller, you have two analog sticks, a D-pad, A, B, X, Y. Right. How, how do the triggers work? Because I've never, I've never played for a long time with one, so I don't remember if it had, um, like... It's just LR, Two triggers on one side, like the asymmetric... Okay, so think, then, then Z is the missing link. Uh, right. actually, you know what? I, I feel bad for saying I haven't played my Wii U in a long time. I don't remember if there's a bumper or not, or if yeah, it's just I, triggers. I've only spent, like, maybe two hours with the console, but... I'm guessing yeah. if, you mean on I, the on which wait on which controller like uh, on the Wii U on the controller Wii U, the gamepad yeah like how adaptable would this be to a straight up GameCube controller one to one button placement I'm a I dummy guess, there's I, also a gamepad right here 
Yeah, it has it has the ZL and ZR buttons. Yeah, it, it, does. Like it, has, it has two bumpers, two triggers. And actually, well, you know what? I like these bumpers and triggers. They yeah, feel really they good. They feel great. Then in that case, it has one extra button that the GameCube controller does. And okay, okay. So yeah, in that case, why wouldn't they make the GameCube controller adaptable to every game that doesn't just have to be Smash Brothers? I, I feel like they will. I feel like also this might be a sort of like announcement that game that like a heavy amount of GameCube games will be coming to Virtual Console. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, oh, no, I'm man, saying like, like right. sincerely, like if they're gonna have the GameCube controller yeah, adapter, yeah, yeah, like, you're right. I'm surprised like, why you yeah. haven't seen that yet. Well, no, yeah. I'm not. Like and it just makes it just makes sense. Like, oh, I can buy a Double Dash on Virtual Console. I can buy a Melee on Virtual Console. Like, yeah, as sense. soon as that stuff happens, everyone's gonna buy it. You know they are. Nintendo knows man. they are. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Nintendo also needs something to save the Wii U. What if a Virtual Console version of Melee <laughs> is the thing <laughs> that saves the Wii U? How silly would that be? Be it so would be bizarre. weird. Yeah. <laughs> we live in a bizarre time, my friends, but we're about to take some time for this commercial break. My name is Marche. I am a warrior in a land called Ivalice. Can you please help me destroy the crystals so I can leave? You may call me Ritz, but you may not use my sword, spells, or magic without asking. They are dangerous. If you call, I'll explain. Newt is my name. Feel free to call. Otherwise, I may become irritable. The people of Ivalice are standing by to talk about Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Only on Game Boy Advance. Rated E for everyone. Hey guys, what's up? This is Gerard Khalil, a.k.a. The Completionist, a.k.a. The Beardman, a.k.a. That One Video Gamer, with a special announcement for all you guys at home. This July 11th through the 13th, it's going to be the Screw Attack Gaming Convention, and myself, Greg, Alex, and the Dex crew are going to be there. We're going to have panels. It's going to be a great time. Uh, you should get your tickets now. Use the coupon code BEARDMAN with a capital B. That's B-E-A-R-D-M-A-N to get your tickets right away. Go ahead and book your hotels as well. They have combo bundles on the site, and we'll go ahead and provide links in the description below for the podcast. But, guys, come see us. We're going to be there. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have so much fun meeting all you guys. Please come say hello. Please come to our panels. We'll announce times as we get closer to it. But, yes, Come, we're excited to see you. Ah, uh, it's gonna be awesome. See you guys there. And we're back. Um, <laughs> that was that was kind of loud. But anyways, the first story that we're gonna start us off is actually there are so many. When you have a theme as broad as Watch Dogs, you know this game called Watch Dogs, right, and also right. the media itself, yeah. it's hard. To, to keep things narrow. Uh -huh. So, uh, you know, usually I try to divide the stories after the half to not fit the theme, but I can't really do that here because another story about the media being weird broke. <laughs> the world's first gaming magazine, CVC, which stands for Computer and Video Games, is facing closure. They are a future UK publication that uh, opened up in 1981, mm. and that's early enough for people to consider it the world's first uh, gaming magazine. Right, and right. nowadays, though, it's online only. They quit their print edition in 2003. They tried, a, or 2004, I mean. They tried again to release a bi-monthly print issue in 2008. That lasted until under a year, oh, wow. I think. And, yeah, so this uh, 
publication has been troubled on the print side of things for a while, and now Future is is uh, deciding that they want to close it down. They, they're still up for buyout offers. There might be someone else who wants to maintain the VC brand, mm-hmm. but this is yet another gaming magazine, which is now a website, mm-hmm. like shutting its doors after, I think we've talked about this before, as young <laughs> as this podcast is, this topic has come up before, so that says something. Last time it was Xbox, and that was official Xbox magazine, and that was also a future publication. Yeah, yeah. Very, so... Yeah. I mean, how how scared are we of this? Is this um something is this business something that we've wanted to be getting into or do you think that we will end up reaping the benefits from there being a smaller market that our audience as YouTubers might grow from print continually diminishing? Um I wouldn't say I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say any of that is like a definitive like I, I'm not going to lean towards any of those statements definitively but I do think uh, it, it's a it's it's a tough subject just because like I like the last magazine that I was subscribed to was Nintendo Power but like back like a long time ago like a decade ago Nintendo Power like when they when they announced that they were going out <laughs> of business or like Nintendo Power was stopping I I wasn't like anywhere near being like, oh no! I was just like, eh. yeah, it was a, it was bound <laughs> was to like, happen. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. yeah, like it's, yeah. A, it's time. <laughs> I I kind of felt the same way. Like I I I feel fondness towards Nintendo Power, yeah. but at the same time, like it was such a blatant advertisement. Right. I mean, like, n- and obviously, like there are <laughs> other magazines that people are more into, but like Nintendo Power was the one that I was connected to the most, and when it like when it ended it <laughs> just seemed like it's the idea internally i laughed when he said magazines people are into <laughs> when's the last time someone was like there, i'm really into that magazine yeah i mean there were a couple i i don't know magazines just seem like something that's on the doctor's like the right, waiting right. room table now it's an just because it's like, they have it's a to be like, right like i think the big probably the most like customers of like magazines these days are doctor's offices or offices in general and like that need to put them on a waiting room table and like i don't know anybody that reads magazines i know people that like watch youtube videos by people like me and you guys to get their gaming news and they're like uh, they're like reviews of games like i don't go on ign or kotaku or any of those sites i just have a lot of friends who'd make videos about games and so i don't really need those sites and yeah i don't know i i know they're still floating around like i've seen issues of edge and print i think i saw a kill screen one time uh-huh. um <laughs> one time, kill screen but... still has their they still have a, they have a dedicated print publication thing I think I saw I, on their site. It was and years ago cool. when I've seen one in person. And that's it's one the thing, of those boutique cool. ones. Like it's one of those boutique magazines, like the Monocle, <laughs> like where it's I don't know, you you're getting like a thick like magazine of like yeah quality. They're, Very nice. And and if they do have ads, they're always like really shocking, controversial style. Yeah. And they're you, they, they there aren't as many of them, so they try to hit you harder. You don't you don't <laughs> pick it up in a whole like wad of subscription like ripouts fall out of it <laughs> out on the floor <laughs> or like every other okay. page is an ad but yeah I, I, I mean going off what jimmy's saying i don't think there's necessarily a direct correlation between medium and quality or even like scarcity and quality i think you're just gonna I, toss I think, things up I, in the air and 
some things will. I think there might people. might be, and in, in a weird way, I feel like um, there's more of a direct connection between audience approval for YouTube and also like online media blogs and right, I don't right. want to say print online but word online like verbal mm-hmm. like whatever rock paper shotgun does I feel like there's <laughs> more of a connection between audience approval and um sustainability mm-hmm. in new media than there is in old media which do you equate sustainability with quality uh not all the time like right. that's why I equate it with audience approval so much as like you can't really say that that PewDiePie is quality media coverage, but it's like apparently quality entertainment for the people who who approve of that. Right, right. And I I don't know. Like maybe I'm just an optimist, but the magazines that we've been seeing closed down lately aren't like highly respected. Well, God, I'm probably gonna get flack for this, but they aren't super <laughs> duper highly respected publications. Like it was console specific magazines that have closed down so far right the opms I, and the nintendo powers last time it was uh xbox yeah and now it's cvg and cvg isn't i i don't know i mean they're not as objectively bad as some <laughs> others but it is not hard to find examples of them engaging in some very very scrupulous journalism <laughs> um like I, I don't know. A really popular report that was going around last year when the new DMC came out was when a like hard news report, just like I don't know, 150 words long, begins with uh, DMC Devil May Cry is going to fall well short of Capcom's initial expectations of the game, hmm. and then the third to last paragraph of this article reads: "The fans revolted because Capcom dared to reinvent its IP for the 21st century and dared to change the color of Dante's hair," mm-hmm. which is like blatant edi- editorialization of of a news story. Like that was not an editorial. That was that was a news report that was really short. That, right. Like was there to state a fact <laughs> and ended up stating an opinion. And that they also get into this controversy over um like frame rate nitpicking which is <laughs> which is another topic oh yeah um <sighs> weird yeah uh <laughs> it's like those trans- blog posts you find on I, I won't say what site it is but like wwzc's next week new features for ios 8 and it's just that's just the the title and you click uh-huh. on it and there isn't a blog there's just a comment section yeah and it's like filled with people commenting it's like that wasn't a thing that wasn't. It wasn't a thing. That's what, they had no information. Was it like they had no information. There, like, there, were, like there weren't even facts because information because there's nothing shared? for them to announce. Like it's being announced at WWDC, and they have nothing. It's an but announcement rumors. of an announcement. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyways, moving on. A a de- development interview with the team or the director rather behind the Order 1886 right. has uh released that. Ended up sparking a few a few flames about a hot topic these days. Are you guys familiar with the Order eighteen eighty six? Vaguely, it is a over the shoulder Gears of War style cover shooter that is going to be coming out for PS four. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that it looks really good. Oh, I yeah. guess I yeah, like this looks like what is supposed to define next-gen games. I feel like we've said that a few times before. I mean, 
Infamous Second Son was supposed to do it, and they might be the only ones who have, because Watch Dogs recently came out, and they really didn't end up pushing the envelope like they advertised. But now the the Order 1886 is the next game that's supposed to look like a real next-gen game. Um, however, the developer has shared some quotes that are a bit a bit critical of um, a lot of people's desire to play games in 60 frames per second and 1080p nowadays. Yeah. Um, he likens it to something that doesn't feel cinematic and I guess dramatic by extension. Um, he says, if you push that frame rate up to 60 and you have it look the way we do, it actually would end up looking like something on the Discovery Channel, like an HDTV kind of segment or a sci-fi original movie, which maybe doesn't have the kind of look and texture that we want from a movie. The escapism you get from a cinematic film image is just totally different from what you get from television framing. So that was something we took into consideration. They don't want 60 frames per second because it's not cinematic. I, oh, like I, that is technically true however yeah. doesn't translate one for one into video games because video games are different from movies which is something people will seem to never accept right. it's, well, the, it's okay. a very convenient explanation <laughs> oh, okay let me let me all right i understand what he's saying about movies and tv being different and i uh, i was talking with you guys a little bit about this uh off podcast Ooh, but um <laughs> I don't know if that's taboo. Do I do I let them know that we talk off podcast? But uh, it's like when Blu-ray first made its like its conquering trip into into everyone's living rooms. I like defiantly stood against Blu-ray because I saw a couple Blu-ray movies and I just felt so pulled out of the fact that they were movies and it felt like I was actually watching people like pretending to be other people and it felt really non-escapist. So it felt like the movie wasn't a movie. It just oh. felt like I was watching like a bad. You're talking about like the like, jacked up refresh rates and the right. Like everything mm-hmm. was too clear. Everybody was too. You saw real. their makeup. You saw the set. Right? Yeah, you saw like like. Uh, it, the it's soap just opera like effect. It's called. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's yeah, what it yeah. is. And like it wasn't. I at the time I was like I don't like Blu-ray. It's bad. But it, was, it wasn't bad. It was just it was like too good and it so it weirds you me, out yeah it pulled me out of the like the fun like oh i'm in i'm in middle earth i'm in the matrix like i saw boondock saints in in blu-ray and it was like it, it just made me feel like the whole thing was terrible because it felt like it was real people trying to do like it ridiculous things as opposed to like fake world where everything's cool it's and like so watching like, street fighter the movie <laughs> roasted uh but I don't know, like, like you guys said, a lot of people liken games to movies, which is not a thing that can really yeah, be done because the, they're completely different mediums. Not even but getting I, into the mechanics. The problem with that is that when you when you when you translate it over to polygons, you don't run into that issue. Like, you don't yeah. run into like small like muscle spasms and like seeing people's <laughs> makeup when it's polygons, and you can manually add like slight motion blur. Yeah, like in, in well, into video also, games that also sell the theatrical effect. Motion blur is also why twenty four frames per second video does not look as choppy as twenty four for second twenty four frames per second video games. Mm-hmm. Right. And like there have actually been some really interesting articles written about how um, when you go under sixty frames per second, when when you do twenty four frames per second, it looks like you're seeing 
subconsciously, like on a really um, low level, you're seeing a series of still images one after another uh-huh. rather than, like you said, real people. Like I remember when The Hobbit came out, they made a high frame rate version for IMAX that people didn't actually like because yeah. they didn't like seeing the actors' nose twitches and their clothes rumpling up in weird places. Right. But also on, on a video, your reaction time doesn't matter. Yeah, when you're watching a movie, it doesn't matter how fast you react to what happens on screen. That is something very real. Like, I have played matches of multiplayer games where I have noticed a considerable, a drastic day and night difference between my performance after lowering some settings and getting 60 frames instead of 30. Yeah. And the order 1886, I I don't know. I I like 60 frames per second. Mm -hmm. Like, most people, I I guess. I don't want to assume, though. Right. But, um... I'm not one to be super passionate about this debate over 1080p 60fps being a standard because I don't think it matters as much in genres that have slower paced gameplay. It's not going to matter in a turn-based game. The stealth game isn't going to rely on twitch timing and fast reactions like uh, others will. But The Order 1886 is one of the others. It is a shooter game. You shoot things in the face before they shoot you. The faster you can react to that, the the more frames you have to react to that, the better you will play. And that is a silly defense of this frame rate, I well, think. Well, at the same time, you experienced performance, like, you experienced yourself playing better at these game, at, like, these unnamed games you were it, talking it about. It might have been placebo, but... It might have been placebo, but, like, let's just say I, that I you don't actually were playing better because you were, you know, you made your game lower quality and made it run at 60 frames per second. However... That was against other people, correct? Yeah. Other people who are probably also running the game at 60 frames per second, or maybe have it lower. What does that say? Like, I mean, this would be a case where everybody would be running the game at the same 30 frames per second, so wouldn't the skill of, like, a multiplayer setting level out anyway? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I guess it would. It wouldn't matter <laughs> I mean, like, if so you, much. If you strap five pound leg weights to every runner in a race they're all gonna run slower but like, you still don't want to have five pound leg weights <laughs> strapped to your it could no. be a more interesting race i don't know you'd be like ow my legs why am i so slow i don't feel like i should be so slow i i, I like you said though i and i don't think we've actually seen any multiplayer footage of this game i think we've just seen single player so far yeah. so and that's another case where I would say it doesn't matter as much. Like, if I'm playing a multiplayer game on PC, I always make a point to load up my frame rate counter and make sure that I'm getting a solid 60 frames per second because I do believe it's such a quantitative thing, in fact, that I bet there there has been science done about it proving that, that 60 frames per second improves game performance. But yeah, well, whatever, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Oh, um, so anyways... I, I don't know. You guys have anything more to add about frame rates and I think, resolutions? Because I, I know uh, that people love to love to dig into that. I'm, that I'm, was curi- one of the I'm curious that- to know. I, I like I like higher frame rates just because I do. Like I just do. I don't have an explanation. It's hard not to. However, yeah. it's hard not to. Like it's something that I'm neurotic about. But a question that I seldom ask myself that I'm curious to hear your explanation on is if you have to bring up the counter to find out what the frames per second are like. And you don't feel the difference, <laughs> then what difference is it actually making other than the peace of mind of knowing that it's giving you twice the frames to put your inputs into? Yeah, but I'm saying that if you don't take notice of it regardless, like 
is it like if, is it like the equivalent of looking just, at an image at 600 pixels per inch even though our eyes can only perceive 326 like yeah yeah like i feel better knowing that the image is larger <laughs> but my like my humanity has a has a bottleneck it caps off at a certain point so in that same respect if you're not noticing unless the software tells you that you're reaching 60 frames per second then what is it practically doing okay like the difference between 30 to 60 is very noticeable right right and do we agree okay the difference however between 60 and 120 fps is not as noticeable i don't know if you guys have seen a video game running at 120 fps but it's very hard for your human eyes your your shitty human eyes <laughs> to be able to see that double the frames yeah, from yeah, that of but course. however however professional players swear by 120 fps and right. again like it's a real quantitative thing i bet there has been science done proving a correlation between the performance of these pro players being better at higher frame rates but there is like consensus among the people whose performance matters the most that higher frame rates is what they want to stick to and I don't know, like, I don't claim to know the science, but I bet it's there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I remember I saw right. a video one time from a, I, I think it was actually posted by uh, by Razer, the uh, gaming peripherals mm -hmm. company of fame. But, the uh, overpriced gaming peripherals. I, I mean, they look nice. But uh, <laughs> That was good timing. You don't get what you pay for. It, but, it, but it looks Anyways, really cool. But dude, cool. those no. boxes. <laughs> the green lights. They have okay, okay, green okay. LED. Seriously, seriously. No. Uh, they, they, I remember they seeing a video. They, I remember seeing a video where they had a, they had like a uh, professional FPS player that was like, somebody like called him out on that specific issue of being like, no, I can, I can tell the difference between 120 and 60 frames per second. And like, someone was like no you can't like that's physically impossible like it's it, you're just placebo it does not affect you at all and he was like i will i will like take a test and i will show you that i can and like it was like out of 10 different things they like switched his monitor and they had him like leave the room and come back in and they like changed his frames per second and stuff like out of 10 different tests he got like eight of them right or something on like what that's the frames per second was and like that that is, I don't know. Yeah, that means he was right 80% of the time, which is an awfully nice amount to be right by. Yeah, like, especially on something that people say, like, you can't tell the difference. If you're right four out of five times, that's like a pretty solid yeah. ratio and, of being and correct. And like, part of the yeah. reason why is because actually displaying a 120 FPS image requires like a really expensive high refresh rate monitor. I've only seen it at trade shows. I don't <laughs> own one. So that's like the most experience I've had. Right. And, um... So, yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from. But I still swear by it. I think it's a nice standard to aim for. I totally understand why developers don't all the time. I think it's kind of silly that people make as big a deal out of it as they do. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It, I it, Defending it because of cinematic. That's just oh, it's God. a silly defense to be yeah. to be perfectly honest. But like, like defend it, it for performance reasons. That is more noble. Yeah. But right. I mean, like, just make like it everybody likes to make it. Everybody likes option. their game to look better. <laughs> like if that's like, your that's philosophy, you'll you'd make that compromise. Yeah. You know, maybe like maybe. working in interactive medium. Anyways, um, we talked so, quite a lot about this. Yeah, yeah, we did because um, there are a lot of interesting angles to talk about. Another another interesting thing that happened this week is that IGN published a very interesting article about Uncharted 4 being darker than previous entries. So the, the story goes that an industry insider has told IGN that um, Uncharted 4 is set to be a 
darker, more story-heavy game than the previous ones. Right. And uh, the more I read this article, the more I just decided it was a load of bullshit. Because their industry insider is a guy on Twitter named Tidux. Uh-huh. You guys ever heard of a guy on Twitter named Tidux? No. Nope. Okay. Uh, <laughs> neither have I. I looked at his Twitter profile and it... Gosh, I... I it didn't inform me why I should trust Tidex, why he had anything interesting to say. Um, here, let me bring it up. Tidex, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Snowdrop Hockey, SWE. That doesn't tell me anything. He has 2,700 followers. He doesn't say that he's a developer or a tester or a journalist or anything, but maybe I just don't know Tidex. But, okay. Yeah. The news that IGN is reporting on here is that Tidex said Uncharted 4 will be a darker, story-heavy game. And then in another tweet, Tidex says it's blended with awesome epic moments. So uh, that's pretty much all IGN's got. And uh, did I mention there are typos? There are typos in this story. Yeah, I don't really know. Really obvious typos. It just seems like kind of... I don't know. Maybe this is like a stupid way to look at it, but it seems like... Far Cry 4 just got a lot of publicity for their their extremely controversial cover picture. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, cover picture of the bad guy who's supposed to be bad, you know, <laughs> being, like, a despicable human being. like Bad guy. But, like, obviously it was a controversy anyway. I feel like this might be, like, a, a terrible ploy to be like, guys, we're... We're bad too. Uncharted yeah, is like yeah, far yeah. Cry, and we're Very also good. no. Very good. Naughty Dog doesn't need to do that. They already made a super dark game. It, it was know, called The like, Last of Us. So like, I don't know. I I'm not a. I, I played Far Cry three a little bit. I played Far Cry two a little bit. I've never played Uncharted. Like, if I was getting Far Cry four, this might make me like, oh, maybe I'll try out Uncharted if it's like Far Cry four. Like, so I don't know. Like again, horrible attempt, but it might be an attempt at doing something like that. I don't know. I, but that's like <laughs> wonderful. Okay. But yeah, I, I read I read the article and I watched the little video and it just seemed very cheesy. Un- Uncharted games are usually rated T. They usually have either bloodless or very stylized blood splatters for the for the combat effects, right. and they also have a sense of humor. The characters crack jokes to one another and make light of the admittedly pretty horrible situation of having to deal with video game combat rules. Yeah. In which hundreds of people die, but anyways, whatever. That's a whole nother, a whole nother interesting issue. Um, yeah, I think uh, for starters, after actually researching into this IGN story and its sources and the quality of its writing, I think it's bunk. I I don't think that this this news report is a legitimate piece of reporting. But if if true, if Uncharted Four really is set to be darker than previous entries, then uh, maybe that's because the writers aren't going to be as skilled as the previous ones because the writers have left Naughty Dog. Oh. Yeah, over over the past two months, one, two, three, four really important employees have left. Lead character artist, lead artist, director, and lead writer. Wow, that's a lot of, all, that's a lot of yeah, head positions. Yeah, they all left after the um, Last of Us DLC shit for leaves. some reason. I don't, know, I don't know if that means that something's happening at Naughty Dog or if everyone just decided to move their <laughs> careers somewhere else all at the same time. But Weird. we might end up seeing a, a drastic shift in the quality of their next game that could be related to them trying to be all grim, dark and edgy. I mean, I mean, let's be real here. It's about time for a gritty reboot of Uncharted. <laughs> that was called The Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, I guess that was <sighs> Tomb Raider. I mean, Tomb Raider was uncharted. Oh, yeah, Tomb Raider yeah. was uncharted. The girl, like it was. Oh god. <laughs> and and it was like super duper bloody and gritty sometimes. What did that get rated? Yeah. Let me check. Twig through the I neck. Ease- that's gritty. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure that would have been an M. Classic Tomb Raiders though used to be T. Yep, new Tomb Raiders M. Okay. <laughs> Naughty Dog themselves have made an M-rated Uncharted reboot. It was called The Last of Us. Someone else made an M-rated Uncharted reboot. It was called Tomb Raider. <laughs> this has been done before. I don't know if uh, the writers... I, I shouldn't even make these assumptions because I don't trust this news. But <laughs> if this news is true, then I, I'm going to chalk it up to It's funny what their definition leaving. of dark is, too. I don't know. Yeah. Blockbuster yeah. dark story arcs are far from really yeah. dark. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's, it's like that wearing real. Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess. <laughs> yeah. Majora's Mask was one's dark because oh. it has like creepy, horrible backstories behind every character. The other's dark because it's like a dark image on the screen. The, yeah. the other is dark because it's very, uh, very brown and uh, dark. <laughs> dark, like, like dark the palette is dark. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why it's dark. <laughs> Um, Battlefield Hardline, Battlefield Omaha. I don't know what you want to call it. Omaha. Very Omaha. 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 Ew, gross. Oh, Omar. Omar line. Oh, sounds Omar. like someone with a thick accent is trying to say an Omaha. Yeah. Omaha. <laughs> Omaha. A new Battlefield game is uh, coming out. Can you guys believe it? No. <laughs> did you ever expect a new battle game? I will. I will say I did not expect them to change the theme as drastically as they did. That, the new Battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. what I'm on oh right God. now. I gotta yeah. say, whether or not. I mean, okay. This has like I, I feel like there's too much production into this video for it to not be true. But like, mm-hmm. if this is the new Battlefield game, good on them for getting out of just like straight up bland uh, war and like moving it somewhere yeah i don't know Could it I doesn't really fit but b- b- i don't know <laughs> i mean like a- good on them for changing the genre bad on them for changing it to we're trying to pick up where grand theft auto and payday left off right and i think i i think this is like a prey 2 or a red dead redemption like i think they wanted to make a new ip and their publisher was like no <laughs> let's make it battlefield like has anyone ever but guys there's there's guns in it like so like why do not the military yeah and, and i'm sure people have referred to shootouts between cops and robbers as battles before but do the real people who actually the, the military generals and colonels of the world who are paid lots of money to know what they're talking about do they consider that the same as is like soldiers on a field having a battle because this is not soldiers on a field having a battle Yes. I hope get someone out. gets I, that reference. Get out. <laughs> Moving leave, on. <laughs> leave the podcast. Dude, that was good. It's it's a syntaxical enigma. Okay. <laughs> Talk about thesaurus over here, jeez. <laughs> I know. Syntaxical enigma. I looked it up yeah. today. I listened to the last podcast. I'm gonna pull it up later. Listen, Go okay, on. I was I, I was not publishing anything at that time. I, it just came out of my mouth. I did not have an editor checking me on it, and I made up a word. But it the point is that they're using a word in the title of the game that doesn't reflect the content of the game, yeah. and I would feel okay if it was uh, not a Battlefield game. I don't know, but I can't admit that that would mean that I'd be paying any more attention to it. Yeah. Because it looks like Payday. Ugh. 
I don't know. To me, uh, and, to me, I've had this like long-running stigma that I can't get myself out of. That payday just looks like that scene from The Dark Knight, and I just like, eh, it's just that scene. From <laughs> which the Dark looks Knight. like that scene from Heat, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just like it's another example of video games trying to be movies. But I like you could do so many cool things with a multiplayer bank heist and Robin game, right? Yeah, like you could. You could Make some some cool strategies with your friends, execute it with great timing and precision, and get in and out of a bank with no one noticing, or be really clever undercover cops thwarting them by by being all crafty and setting up positions and roadblocks at the right place. And there are places you could go with it, but what I see, what I'm afraid of them doing is just, you know, making a battlefield game, but stapping the strapping the capture points inside of banks instead of the top of hill or whatever yeah see that's that's the thing that i noticed when Mm -hmm. when they were doing like in the video when they're showcasing like new multiplayer modes uh, bank heist with your friends as the bad guys and i was like the whole point of like a bank heist is that like there's planning and then like Mm -hmm. out of nowhere a bunch of guys like knock over a bank it's not like and it's it's also like they call the police and they're like like, hey police Get get in your starting zone. We're gonna come. Get your helicopters and tanks and sixty of your of your men. Yeah, like it's not like a it's not like a predetermined like game. Like if it's like an open world and like there's cops that inhabit it, and then you like start a bank heist somewhere. But even then, it's a game about bank heists, so everybody would be expecting it. They'd just be waiting by any bank. Like I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's something that translates into the battlefield style of like let's start A a game. Like, I don't know. The battlefield style of game, like the basic um, battlefield mode, it's capture points on a really large outdoor maps with teams of 32 players against each other. Yeah. And in what what high-octane, action-packed, bank heist movie are there 32 freaking robbers <laughs> playing in this heist together? I mean, it, it's not unreasonable to see 32 cops in the most expensive, most bombastic spectacle action movies yeah but the scale of of <laughs> gunfights that battlefield usually presents us with don't fit this theme so i'm wondering how they're going to deal with that i'm wondering how they're going to do with net codes one of the modes they revealed was all about car chases um hot wire mode oh yeah where it shows players driving after each other in the desert and uh uh battlefield 4 which uh was made by the same developers didn't exactly do do vehicle chasing and vehicle net coding well so that's another thing to worry about also battlefield 4 came out like not very long ago yeah. less than a year ago yeah. and already they're they're starting up the next game without all I fixing all other problems from the last time all I see. <laughs> oh yeah that's another thing i finally bit the bullet to play battlefield 3 on origin and i thought it was I just don't want it on my system. buying the DLC. I, I know, just don't it's, want it there. it's a real inconvenience. I, no, you don't. That's an extra I click. Just, I, yeah, <laughs> I, it's, it's quite a few extra clicks. I run out of where I got to minimize like, your clicks. Uh, you missed the spot. Uh. <laughs> uh, well, you know, if you load up your origin account and play Battlefield on Comcast Xfinity, you <laughs> will experience little to no buffering. Did you guys see this commercial? Oh, no, I didn't. I, I looked at okay. the article for a second, but ugh. Okay, so maybe maybe you won't get the joke, but this is, uh... Satchel, did you yeah, see it? Yeah, I did see it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. This, this Comcast commercial... Uh-huh. Uh, a white, a white guy with a beard and a button-up <laughs> looks kind of like your stereotypical right. upper-middle-class computer engineer nerd, who's also fit and kind of handsome, which is not true. Um, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> he shows up and talks about how great Comcast Xfinity is and has what looks like a demo booth in a shopping mall where other white nerdy looking guys come and play a game to experience how smooth online gaming is on Xfinity. They cut to the game and it's Trials Fusion. Yeah. It is a mm. game that has literally no multiplayer mode whatsoever. Yeah. And they pick and, the worst the host, moments to display too. Oh my god, yeah. This is one of those like tighten up the graphics on level three commercials. Like it, it, do they know? <laughs> They do they know no how idea. angry this makes me? They have no idea. <laughs> they they don't even are they, know. Are they doing it to wrestle my jimmies? I think... I, I don't see how they couldn't be. <sighs> okay. This is like a deliberate troll attempt. Just... Yeah, like, like you've read those comments by people who claim to be movie producers that they put that stupid shit in there just to laugh at the people getting mad about it, right? Yeah. Or is that just me? Or am I crazy? Like the one, like the ones in NCIS, like. Oh my god, where they're like chasing furries through Second Life. No, no, no. There, there was the one where he's like, he's like, she just has like a laptop sitting there, and he like walks up. And he's like, "Wow, really nice rig you got here. What is you running a ten meg pipe?" And everyone's like, "Oh, like, like oh god, 10, that's oh, almost ten meg what?" Okay. Oh, that's or when they're like that's the almost famous, as bad as Watchdogs the is. Famous CSI line when it's like. Oh yeah, we'll track the killer. I'll I'll write a GUI in Visual Basic to track his IP address. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, why is my life so sad? Because of these things. Okay, yeah. it cuts to the host who's uh talking with the guy playing the live demo of Trials Fusion, mm -hmm. and he says, "Did you notice any buffering? <laughs> any buffering? Did you notice any buffering? Did you notice any buffering?" And then the guy replies very nervously. He says. No, sir. <laughs> like, like he wanted to say no at first, but then started thinking about what, about what he was replying to, and just could not. I mean, could not finish I mean, it. Technically, he didn't notice any buffering. This is true, You're but right. that's not because it's of not Xfinity. <laughs> oh no, my but that, God. that's what happens is... when you. That's what happens when you have a slow internet connection. Your game pauses, and then the little spinny wheel appears. So when you're trying to play Hotwire mode on Battlefield Omaha, you have to write a GUI to, to, catch, to catch the crimmers, to catch the criminals. I mean, I, I actually remember last time I was playing Fez, uh, I was working on a puzzle, but then uh, my Time Warner uh, internet went down for a little bit, so Fez just uh, stopped and it was buffering for a long time, so. Wait, yeah. no, because I, I, there is a way that can happen, and I don't think Comcast is informed enough to know what that is. Like, if you were streaming Fez from one computer to another and there are latency issues, you might see buffering in your games, but but something tells me that's a bit of a niche, yeah. a niche market that Comcast I, isn't advertising towards. It wouldn't... Yeah. And even I, even I from mean, a game, like, all the assets would remain. You'd just be able to, like, roam around in your environment, but nothing well, would happen. The sound might cut off. I guess the joke was kind of lost on the fact that I didn't... I didn't preface it with the fact that I own a DRM-free copy of Fez, but that was the joke. No, no, yeah, it landed. It landed. <laughs> That's the I joke. Got it. it landed. Yeah, no, I, I got it. I was trying it. to work it's it just, out feasibly, like if they actually were just going so to stop trying to back up Xfinity. There's no feasible way to work this out. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, but there are many feasible ways that this thing can be poked fun of. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, this is essentially like the modern day equivalent of in Charlie's Angels when Drew Barrymore breaks into the kids house and there are two kids playing an alleged also Final Fantasy 8 Final Fantasy 8 two player mode multiplayer mode yeah 
And and they're like sitting there mashing the buttons while a summon cutscene is happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's a quick time event. No, ah. but that's that's how every no, but that's how everyone in real life plays video games. They tap buttons furiously with their tongue sticking out the left side of their face. Yeah. That keeps them from buffering. Yeah, they grit their teeth and they look in it really engaged like Anyways, oh, I God. hope that's what you all looked like while listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Because that is how engaging and exciting we are. I mean, that's how I looked doing the whole podcast, so... <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've, been, I've had the time of my life. I was um, trying my hardest to keep it from buffering, but I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I think we're out of time here. Yeah, I think we've gone on plenty long enough. Thanks to all of you for listening, and remember that you can find us all on our respective YouTube channels. I am Bunny Hop Show. I am uh, at... Sun- or at uh, YouTube.com backslash SunderGamer. Forward slash... Forward slash. I am same thing. Yeah. Well, no, one's for development. Yeah, I know, for, okay. but um, I am Satchbags. Like, and every week on Friday, we're gonna try to have another one of these new podcasts out on the TOVG homepage. We are also now on iTunes, so you can uh, check us out on iTunes. Leave us five star reviews. We'll love you for that. And uh, actually helps a lot. We'll also, yeah. yeah, it does. It does. We're um gonna try to start incorporating user interaction mm-hmm. somehow in the future which will create all sorts of interesting aw- awkward questions for us to answer <laughs> um, also we also have active forum accounts on the TOVG forums we hope to see you in there we hope to talk to you in there and uh, until then we're also going to hope that you have a great week everybody yeah bye 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 Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.